snow algae being present on a glacier clear the snow faster so then that ice becomes uh, exposed to sun. Pink snow and glacier blood? What are they, and how can they affect our water supply with climate change? It turns out that these tiny red pigmented green algae can change the dynamics of snowmelt in the mountains. Trinity Hamilton is a geomicrobiologist at the University of Minnesota, and she and her team have been researching pink snow to learn more about climate change. Hi, Trinity. Welcome to ClimateCast. Hi, Paul. Thanks for having me. So this is fascinating to me. The snow is alive. What's living in the snow that we think of as pristine and pure? So there are algae, um, as you mentioned. These um, Sometimes they're pink or watermelon colored. Um, they're organisms that use sunlight to grow. Um, there's also things like fungi. So you might think of fungi as being mushrooms, but there are other forms um, and sort of more um, microscopic forms living on the snow. There's also bacteria. Um, more and more smaller microbes hanging out with these uh, algae and fungi on the snow. So all sorts of things are swimming around in um, in meltwater on snow. Okay, so as it comes to climate change, we think of uh, here as a meteorologist the albedo of fresh snow cover, right? It reflects about 90 to 100 percent of the sunlight before it can warm the atmosphere much. Uh, but tell us how things like algae blooms, wildfire soot, and dust can cover the snow and change that reflectivity to make it melt faster. So what we observe are these pink snow algae um, that are absorbing that sunlight and dissipating it as heat. Anything, as you mentioned, like ash or soil, sediments, do the same thing as snow algae. So they um, lower the albedo, so less of that sunlight is reflected away from the snow surface. And what are you and your team learning about this algae that's living in alpine glaciers in places like Glacier National Park in Montana? We're really interested if um, things like nitrogen and phosphorus are specifically controlling their abundance um, and thus their impact on melt. Uh, More abundant algae, lower albedo, more melt. So we know about feedback loops and climate change. Uh, I'm curious how this applies to this algae with snow and ice cover, it, does the algae grow faster as it warms up, and then that causes the glacier to melt even faster? How does that all work? Yes, yeah, so it's been observed in other systems that snow algae being present on a glacier clear the snow faster, so then that ice becomes uh, exposed to sun. And so that there's a positive feedback loop there between snow melting and then eventually um, glacier retreat. And so while there is a positive feedback loop, between the abundance of algae and glacier retreat, it's still not clear sort of how runaway that is if they're um, going to be limited by things like nitrogen and phosphorus. So this is cool and it's interesting, but talk to us a little bit about why it matters to us and to water supply managers, right, for how fast the snow melts and then what happens downstream to that runoff. So lots of places um, in the U.S. but globally rely on um, seasonal snow and ice melt for water. I think something like one-sixth of the world's population. And so as those glaciers retreat and as snowpack changes, it's going to change groundwater and base flow in, um, in streams and springs that are sourced from these systems. So we just need to think a lot about how water is stored in alpine ecosystems, how much of that water comes from ice versus snow. Um, And then think about our water resources moving forward and how they might be impacted by less ice. 
Well, it's fascinating work. Uh, Trinity Hamilton, geomicrobiologist. What a cool title at the University of Minnesota. <laughs> thanks for giving us some insight into your work today. Sure. Thanks for having me. That's ClimateCast. I'm NPR Chief Meteorologist Paul Hunter.